is the Pariah Podcast, written and read by me, Philip Carroll. This is episode number 20, The New Normal. The three-day ride back to the training camp in the wagon felt like a mortal punishment for all the sins of every ancestor going back to the time the old gods ruled the earth. If he could have begged those who had carried him to the lake to find the stretcher and take him up again, he would have. But he was alone with his jostling pain as the wagon bounced and rocked, pitched and shook. His knee and wrist combined their agony crossed all his bruises and scrapes in between to jump up and down on the tenderest places of his head. Each night on the road, he asked the healer for more of the mind and body numbing potion, but the healer claimed there was no one to watch him through the night. And patients already on the mend, when using the elixir, were known to wander around in their sleep. He didn't want Keo to fall from the wagon, thinking he was merely going for a walk. No one was happier than Keo to see the camp come into view on the final day of the march. The healer's wagon was the first of the support wagons behind the training battalion traveling on foot. Propped against the back of the bed in a sitting position, he could lean his head out the side and watch the trainees disperse back to their barracks. A few other lame trainees who had been allowed to ride were led off to hobble back to their rooms before the wagons moved out to unload their supplies in the company areas. Keo remained in the healer's wagon to be carried to a hospital building. The small infirmary was in an area of the camp called Camp City by the permanent members of the staff. The central administration buildings were also in Camp City, along with markets, smiths, and housing for the permanent staff. As the healer's wagon pulled alongside the hospital's front entrance, Captain Braitford rode up on his horse. Listen, the battalion commander said, pointing his finger at Keo. The camp commander wants to speak with you and will meet with you sometime this afternoon. No one knows why the commander wants to talk to you, but you had better not make me or anyone in the training program look bad. You'd be lying in bed, but you'd better lie there at attention and answer questions with yes ma'am and no ma'am. Don't ask any questions. This isn't a social call. Do you understand me? Keo shifted in the bed of the wagon, trying to sit up straighter. Yes, sir. Good. Before I go, I want to tell you how sorry I am about the attack. You're a soldier and as such your life is often in danger, but it shouldn't come from your own fellows. If you can keep an eye open and find some evidence I can use to punish those who did this, please let me know. I want to do at least that for you. As the training battalion commander left, Lieutenant Gorley saluted his commanding officer and stepped to the healer's wagon. He cleared his throat. We have to relieve you of your leadership role. I have to admit... You've done a commendable job, and the battalion commander agrees. Your influence on Corps Leader Spinebeck has been miraculous. Do you have a recommendation to take your place as Corps Leader? Yes, sir. I think the Corps would be in good hands if you gave the command to Link Leader Bree Oakley. 
She's well-respected, brilliant, and confident. I know she'd like to choose her roommate for the new link leader to replace her, but I think she would overlook her thinking she might be playing favorites. Belinda Theason is the next most capable person in the entire Corps. It would be tragic if she didn't get this opportunity to lead. Gorley nodded. By the time you return to your Corps, you'll be considered a second year, as the new candidates come in from the capital. Second years are treated quite a bit differently. I've ridden you and the Corps hard this past year. That's my job. I only hope the discipline you and your companions have learned will carry forward, as during the next year you'll have much more individual responsibility. The lieutenant's confessions left Keo speechless. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir, was all Keo could come up with before his company commander strode away. Four good-sized young men carried a stretcher onto the deck to load Keo and carry him to his room. It was a much more comfortable ride than the wagon trip over the last few days. He was hardly settled in his bed with a cup of cool water, his egg resting in his lap, when his sister came into the room. Keo sat as straight as he could. Colonel Noshani, creature handler, second class Noshani reporting. Relax, she said. I know Captain Braitford probably told you to be a good soldier, but you're in the hospital. No one here expects you to act like you're out on the parade ground. Now, tell me what happened to you at the egg camp. How detailed do you want my report, ma'am? he asked. It's a pretty long story for someone who understands my potential destiny. She sat in a chair next to the bed and crossed her legs casually. I have as much time as you need. I am in charge here, you know. Yes, ma'am. I'll give you the detailed report then. He left nothing out. He told her about his experiences at the egg camp, about the attack, about how he could tell who it was who attacked him, about seeing his creature as a woman, and about Bree and Crystal. He told her about the last year, his experiences with Sergeant Nightsong and Lieutenant Gorley. He talked about Corps Leader Spinebeck, her growth as a leader, their quick relationship, and her sudden indifference toward him once she found her egg. Finally, he told her about his concern for the future, for the healing of his body and his lost leadership role. Don't worry about anything, Keo. You've proved yourself a leader and an experienced empath. Whatever your future holds, it will go forward, regardless of your standing in the battalion. Just relax. Take care of your egg and get well. I'll check on you again sometime if I have the chance. She walked to the door of the recuperation ward and stopped. She came back to his bed. Keo, you don't need to fear retaliation. If you know who did this to you, I can get rid of them. I don't want untrustworthy, traitorous murders in my creature handler corps. I don't understand why you feel the need to protect them. I don't either. It may have something to do with the experience of the egg camp and the swamp. It might be that I don't trust the images I got from them before the attack, and now that I'm away from it, I don't trust the images I received. It might be as well that they never would have tried to kill me if they hadn't been overcome by the effects of the camp. I don't think it's an event we can separate from the whole experience, 
and tried to judge back here in the unempathetic air of the training camp. There is wisdom in that, Keel. The way you think, I could believe your destiny is to replace me and take the creature handlers to a whole new realm. Now get some rest. This time she did leave. Keel lay back on his bed, thinking about the interview with his sister and trying to ignore the painful twitch in his left knee. Most of the bruises and abrasions had healed during the wagon ride back to camp, and his jaw only locked up if he pushed it the wrong way. The door to the ward opened and Keo looked up, hoping to see the healer or one of her apprentices, whom he could ask for a potion. Instead, the battalion commander charged toward him, his face set and grim. Sir? Keo asked, trying to assume a position of attention. The camp commander spent an awfully long time speaking with you, longer than any interview I've ever seen. What did the colonel talk to you about, and why did the colonel return after starting to leave? Well, sir, she asked me many personal questions about my experience at the camp, and she told me to... Captain Brightford cut him off. Do not refer to the camp commander as she. You will say, Camp Commander, or Colonel Noshani, or the Colonel, or... The captain stopped and thought for a moment. I believe I've asked you this question before, and I believe you told me you are not, but tell me again. Do you know, or are you in some way related to the camp commander, creature handler second class Noshani? Not that I can say, sir. Keo repeated his answer as he had in the past. That's right, Captain Braitford said. Not that you can say... That's right. That is how you answered in the past. Is that because you can't say? Because you don't know? Or because of some other reason? I guess it's not important anymore. I've already caused enough of a mess. It can't get any worse. The camp commander is my older sister. She, I mean, the colonel suggested I not let anyone know we're related so that no one gave me any special treatment, good or bad. It seems that I got all the treatment I needed without that knowledge. Your sister. I find that hard to believe. There is a large age difference between you and the colonel. Fifteen or twenty years difference, by my guess. That's a lot of years between a third and a sixth child. I'm not a sixth, sir. I'm a ninth. The captain sat silently, staring at Keo for some time before he said, This does complicate things. We've already made Oakley the new corps leader. We can't just pull her back out and put you back in, especially if you're still in the healer's ward. How can we arrange this? Sir, with all due respect, you don't need to change anything. She, the colonel, said I have enough experience in leadership, and this change is most likely what my destiny has required of me. I did my best to be a good corps leader. If I may return to my corps someday... I'll do my best to be a good trainee and follower. I respect you and Lieutenant Gorley. I respect Corps Leader Oakley. And my whole purpose now is to hatch this egg and become a tiger, or rather a creature handler first class, and advance with the rest of the trainees. Very well, the captain said and stood. Rest and recover, and we'll get you back to your corps as soon as we can. After the captain left, Keo lay in his bed and quietly talked with his egg. He couldn't hear her as clearly as he could in the swamp, 
and her responses may have been his imagination entirely, but the thoughts were comforting. Rehabilitation was slow and painful. His wrist healed long before he could bear weight on his knee. Finally, near the summer solstice, with a crutch under one arm, Keo limped back to the barracks. Everything looked much the same as it had the last time he had seen it, except that the trainees all had slings crossing their chests and the obvious bulge of the eggs held within. His old friends grouped around him, one kindly took the bundle from his back. They welcomed him back to the corps and asked him about his time away. Bree met him just inside the barracks and with an obvious breach of protocol greeted him with a long hug. Thanks, corps leader, Keo said with a sincere smile. It's good to be back. Who am I rooming with? You're in with Kestrel Borgen, in Nick's link. Come on. Bree said and led the way. The room is all the way in the back, but it's right next to the back furnace, so your room will stay warmest through the winter. Thanks for visiting me in the healer's ward, Bree. You are always a welcome break to the long, boring days. I'm sorry I couldn't come more often. You know, being corps leader is a lot of work, Bree said, leaving the comparison to Crystal hanging uncomfortably in the air. Was it intentional? Keo didn't think so. Bree wasn't like that. Yeah, but you came, and that's what was important to me, Keo said. Nick waited at the door to Keo's new room, supporting his egg in its sling with one hand, as most trainees did. His smile warred with brows that seemed to frown. Welcome back, Cor. Um, Keo? His new leader's internal conflict was strong enough for Keo to sense it even without the empathic help of the Central Swamp. Thanks, Link Leader. I'll try to be a good Link member. Nick didn't follow them into the room. It was the same size as the room he had been in before, but seemed much smaller with the second bed and the addition of the egg stands beside them. The stand was a solid wooden frame, which held a glass bowl filled with wool where the egg could be left during the night. Kestrel had finished his evening duties and relaxed on his bed with his egg. Hello, Kestrel. I hope you don't mind. I'm your new roommate, Keo said, dropping his bundle to the floor. Not at all, Cor, Keo, Kestrel laughed. Old habits, huh? We actually moved some people around so you could be here, but we're all happy to have you back. We were worried about you that day we carried you back from the mudflats. I wasn't sure if you were going to live, you know what I mean? Keo had never been told who all had carried him back from the swamp, and he wasn't in any condition to figure it out at the time. Thanks, and thanks for bringing me back. I have some stuff to get done tonight, Keo, Bree said. I told you most of the things which have changed when I visited you in the healer's ward. Cass will fill you in on the rest. Thanks, and, um, good night. Kyo said sorry she was leaving. So you know we get up later now. There's not so much we can do while we carry these eggs around. They want to limit the chance of someone accidentally breaking their egg. Not that anyone has ever heard of it happening. The shell feels too leathery to me. If I dropped it, I don't think it would even bounce. But that would be just as bad for what's inside, you know what I mean? Yeah, Kyo said and laughed. Thinking back now about his new roommate, 
It probably wasn't difficult to get his previous roommate to shift to another, as Kestrel finished almost everything he said with the same question, you know what I mean? That was okay with Keel, for now at least. He was just happy to be out of the healer's ward and back with the Corps. So, tomorrow after breakfast, we have about an hour to clean up the Corps and company areas, and then we have some kind of classes. I really get tired of them. I mean, we don't really need to learn all the politics and stuff and what country is where and if they have a king or an overlord or a queen. You know what I mean? I see what you mean, but after lying in the healer's ward for two months, anything, even politics, is more interesting than staring at the ceiling. You know what I mean? Kestrel laughed out loud, and when he got control of himself, he said, Yeah, I know what you mean. Keo unpacked his bundle and arranged everything in a wooden chest. He placed his egg in the egg stand bowl and pulled off his clothes down to his under tunic and short hose. Good night, Kess. Good night, egg, Keo said and rolled to face the wall. After a few moments, Kestrel said, You talk to your egg out loud? Of course, Keo said. I thought everyone did. No, I've never heard anyone. It's like just an egg right now. It's not like it can hear us, you know what I mean? Kess, Keo turned back over. How did you find your egg? You heard it calling to you. Why should anything change now or when the egg hatches? I plan on talking to my tiger, or my creature, all of the time. I don't know if she can hear me now, but I think she can. So I'm going to talk to her. Keo, they're not boys and girls like us. The instructors have taught us that they're like mules, a cross between species. And because of that, they're sterile. And the studies they've done on them, the creatures are neutral, without gender. You know what I mean? I haven't told a lot of people. They think I'm crazy most of the time anyway. But when I was dying in the mud, my creature came to me and talked to me. She kept me alive while help came. She sounded like a woman, and she looked like a woman, with breasts and everything. And later, when I was carried into the swamp on the stretcher, I followed her voice. She wasn't saying human words like in the dream, but her voice was the same. Maybe I am crazy. They hit me pretty hard on the head, you know. I know what you mean. Sorry to bother you. I'll talk to you in the morning, Kestrel said. Keo rolled back to the wall and did some breathing exercises, which normally helped him fall asleep, even when his leg throbbed. He heard Kestrel say, under his breath, barely a whisper, Good night, Egg. His roommate had been right about the pace of their training schedule. After the morning inspection, the company marched over to the mess hall. Keo dropped out of formation and took his own time walking with a crutch. As he did, he was surprised to find Lieutenant Gorley beside him. Don't stop, trainee Noshani, the lieutenant said. Take your time. When you get to the mess hall, we'll get you in first, so that you have time to eat and get back to the barracks without falling too far behind everyone else. Oh, thank you, sir. I've only been up and walking for about two weeks now. I intend to get back up to strength within the next month. I don't want anyone to have to wait on me. Don't worry at all. We'll make sure you get to where you need to be on time. Thank you, sir. Keo didn't know what else to say. He didn't want to be treated as anyone special, though it appeared that the lieutenant believed he was now. All that would do is make others unhappy. 
Lieutenant Gorley walked him into the mess hall, through the officer's door, and announced to all within earshot, Make room. Trainee Noshani is here. With the lieutenant's emphasis on his last name, Keel was sure someone had filled his company commander in on his unusual relationship to the camp commander. He truly hoped it hadn't gone any farther. The advantage of being ushered in through the officer's door was that he didn't have to walk right past Corps Leader Spinebeck, who was near the trainee's door, when they approached the mess hall. They hadn't spoken since the day she found her egg, and Keo's fear of running into her and having her ignore him completely was as strong as the fear of having her stare at him, expecting him to talk. The disadvantage was that, with the lieutenant's announcement, everyone in the mess hall looked to see him there, and at one of the closer tables sat Corps Leader Vangled. He looked surprised at first, but quickly recovered. He leaned back in his chair, crossed his arms, and sneered his disapproval. Lieutenant Gorley made sure one of the trainees on mess duty that day brought Kiowa a plate of food and then excused himself to join the other commissioned staff in the cadre dining room. As soon as the lieutenant was gone, Storgan stood up. He shifted his egg sling to hold the egg with one hand and sauntered to Keo's table. He bumped it with his hip hard enough to shift Keo's plate to the side, knocking off some of the food. Don't make a mess, trainee. You're not a core leader here anymore, and you'll have to clean it up yourself. How did you get your lieutenant to hold your hand like that? You don't have any money. You don't have any prestige. Do you have some inside information on Gorley? Does he owe you something? Keo dragged his plate back in front of him. Your core is all left. Why don't you go back out and torment your own people? Or maybe just crawl back into your hole in the ground? Storgant blew through his nose like an angry bull. We'll get you yet. I don't know how you survived in the swamp. You won't be so lucky the next time. Storgant started away. He stopped at the sound of the table skidding across the floor as Keo pushed himself to standing. The designant third turned around with his trademark sneer on his face. Are you coming after me? No. I just want you to know, Keo said loud enough for all in the mess hall to hear. If you're going to try something again, you'd better do it soon, while I'm still recovering from your last attack. Once I have my strength back, I'm coming after you. He surprised himself for making such a declaration. He hadn't intended to say anything like it. What surprised him more was that the occupants of the dining facility broke into a cheer supporting him. In the afternoon, the company was scheduled to march out to one of the training ranges for various flying creatures, and Gorley felt the walk would be beyond Keo's strength. The lieutenant told him to go back to the barracks and wait for the company there. Sir, if it would be all right with you, may I go and speak with Sergeant Nightsong? He tipped his head. If she's not currently teaching any classes, remember... We have a whole new batch of first years here now, and much of her instruction is with that group. Yes, sir, of course, Keo said, and headed off to the sergeant's office. She did have a class in her training room and was teaching them empathy exercises. He didn't think it would hurt if he slipped through the door and sat quietly in the back of the class. It had to be better than sitting around the barracks. Sergeant Nightsong smiled and nodded a greeting, making him feel welcome to stay. He sat and stroked his egg in its sling. 
The egg had grown to the size of a small melon, and Keo could no longer touch his fingertips together when wrapping both hands around it. He listened to his egg, but there were no sounds or words and only a small hum in the back of his mind he recognized as coming from the creature within. Sergeant Nightsong dismissed the class and walked to the back of the room. It's good to see you up and around, Keo. Thank you. Can I talk with you, Sergeant? Keo asked. Of course. How can I help? It's about the egg camp and the things that happened there. Have you heard about the guys attacking me when I was out on the mudflats? Of course. I heard some of it. Not all the details. Is that what you wanted to talk to me about? Kind of. After they attacked me and beat me with sticks and stuff, they wrapped me in a net and threw me into the mud, hoping I'd suffocate. But while I was in the mud, my creature appeared to me, and she spoke to me. I knew it was her. I recognized her voice when she spoke to me in the dream. It was the same as when I stood on the shore listening to the sound of all the creatures in their eggs. When I hear her now, I don't understand the words she's telling me, but the voice I recognize as hers. Is this strange, or does this happen to others? Sergeant Nightsong was silent for a long time. No, Kyo, this is far from normal. While all people who find an egg in the swamp, it is because they hear the creature's voice. After leaving the swamp, few, well, I haven't heard of any, who have heard their creatures. But I wouldn't exactly say you're wrong, that you don't really hear your creature. There is so much we don't know about these creatures and our relationships with them. Did you hear your creature after you left the swamp? She nodded. I don't tell anyone, so they won't feel inadequate. I have found that without exception our creatures adore us. It is difficult for most young people to understand or reciprocate that love. Some never do. It lends to a feeling of inadequacy in some handlers until they come to grips with it. That's not all, Sergeant. When we were at the egg camp, I could read the emotions of everyone. If I wasn't careful, it was like a thunderstorm of emotions coming at me. After I practiced, I was able to sort out some of the maelstrom. I could always tell where Crystal and Bree were by their emotions and the tone of them. The Malcourts told me they thought it would go away when I left the swamp, and it has for a large part, but I can still detect traces of emotions when I'm standing close to someone. For example, right now, you doubt what I'm telling you is true, yet, in the back of your mind, you hope it is true. Maybe doubt is the wrong word. Disbelief is better. Astonishment that I can do it. And you feel, I don't know what to call it, it's kind of that pride you have in yourself and in others when they share something that you do. That says to me that you also detect people's emotions from time to time. Keo smiled. See? You believe me now. You're right, Keo. You read me like a book. I could hear the other eggs, too. Each day they grew louder. First it was a quiet hiss, and by the first day of the egg hunt, it was a roar, though throughout I could hear my egg. Keo waited for a response, but the slender, dark woman only nodded, taking it all in. Oh, okay, another thing. I don't know if it's getting around or not. But some people know. I was told to keep it quiet at first, but it seems to be getting out. But don't tell anyone if it's still supposed to be a secret. Are you going to tell me or just keep telling me not to tell anyone? Okay, this is where I'm going with this anyway. The camp commander is my sister. 
Oh, is that all? I knew that already. Who told you? No one is supposed to tell, but it seems that doesn't matter. No one told me. I figured it out on my own. It wasn't hard. You have the same last name. You have an almost identical facial appearance, and you do have an identical emotional aura. Why is that important? Well, when I was five years old, I spoke to her tiger hawk. When I was ten, I flew it without her permission. And she told me I have an important destiny. I've always assumed that my destiny would include a tiger hawk. She has a tiger hawk. Sleed had one, too. I assumed I would have a tiger hawk, but the woman I saw in the swamp didn't look like a tiger hawk. Sorry, Keo, you lost me. Who is Sleed? A close cousin? No, Sleed was my brother, a sixth. I'm a ninth. Nightsong stood up, her chair falling over backwards. You're a ninth? Yes, Sergeant. It's not that uncommon, is it? Well, no, perhaps not. But you're the first ninth I've met in the last twenty years who is a creature handler as well as the third and the sixth. She sat back down. Sergeant? Keo felt off balance. I'm feeling emotions from you. Concern, confusion, and wonder. I'm sorry. My mind is wandering. I've read something, somewhere. I imagine it was in the library at the Capitol. Some call it a prophecy. It said something about ninths, creature handlers, and their potentials or destinies. There's a large library here. The healer took me to it a few times to find something to keep me distracted during my hospital stay. Do you think a similar book might be here, since it had something to do with creature handlers? No, it was an old text, and there is no good archive here to protect the old leather parchments. It was written before people switched to the linen parchment. I'm sorry, I wish I could remember what it said. Maybe if I went into your memory, I could read it. The sergeant considered and said, That is possible, but it's getting late, and I have some things I have to do right now. Oh, Keo said, and his face probably showed disappointment. What's wrong, Keo? I was hoping you could help me with something, but if you don't have time, I'll ask you about it later. I have a few minutes. You could ask me now, and I could think about it until we're able to meet again. Well, it's about my egg. I know I should just wait and see like everyone else. But I was sure my destiny included flying a tiger hawk. Then I had the vision of my creature in the form of a woman and, you know, pregnant. That would be impossible for a tiger hawk. I was hoping we could do what we did with your creature. And you could look at my memory of her and see what you thought and... She raised her eyebrows waiting for him to proceed. And I was hoping you or we could try combining our minds and look inside my egg to see what's in there. I must go. We can talk while we walk. Sergeant Nightsong took short steps to hold back to Keo's pace, and yet he was sweating and panting, trying to keep up. Again, she said, referring back to old texts, people did try to use empathy to identify the creatures within the eggs. They kept track for many years what their predictions were compared to the actual birth and found they did little more than guess. Keo began to lose hope, but then picked up on her emotion. She seemed hopeful. But I don't think those who were trying had any special skills at empathy beyond what most have. I think you and I, together, might be able to have success where others did not. 
I want to be prepared, though. Let's try in two days. Come directly after breakfast. I don't have a morning class, and then we will have several hours uninterrupted. We can address both of the concerns. The sergeant turned off toward her appointment and wished Kia well. He was grateful to be able to walk much more slowly. With a couple hours still before dinner, Keo made his way to the physical training area. During his stay in the healer's ward, he did little exercise and lost a lot of weight. What remained was more flab than muscle. His greatest pain came when trying to go from a crouch back to a standing position. Keo held onto a pole and did some shallow knee bends, groaning at the pain. I haven't seen you since you got your egg, Noshani, a sergeant said, walking up to him. Yes, Sergeant Thorander. I had an injury while on the egg hunt that really set me back. I was in the healer's ward for almost three months. Come and sit over here, she said, and she knelt at his foot when he did. Show me where it hurts. He did, and Sergeant Thorander took hold of his leg and bent it slowly and straightened it again. Does that hurt when I bend it? No, actually it doesn't, Keo said. Here, now I'll support your leg behind the knee. You bend it and bring it back up. Yeah, that hurts a bit, but not like before. Okay, for the next few days, every morning, midday, and evening, sit on the edge of your bed or in a chair and raise your leg up. Hook your fingers together under the knee if you have to, but do the leg lifts until you get tired. Then come back and see me again. But right now, I'll hold your leg. Take it slow and raise your leg and lower. Slowly, too. That's good. Now again. Keo found he could only take a few minutes before he was too tired to continue. What about my arm? I won the pitchfork toss at the egg camp, and now I can barely lift my egg. She laughed and said, Don't get ahead of yourself. I don't want you to do any lifting exercises until your leg is strong and stable. I could just see you tearing up your leg again trying to be a brute. Be happy with your health and getting in toned shape, not like a muscle-bound bear eagle. Thanks, Sergeant. I'll see you in a few days, Keo said. Thanks for listening to the Pariah Podcast. If you'd like updates on the podcast, other fiction I'm working on, or to join my monthly newsletter, where you'll get a free short story from one of my environments, go to norvaljoe.com. You'll be directed from there. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.